strong values, and strong opinions. The Mike Bloomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. And thanks for being here. It is Triple Match Friday for Phoenix Children's Hospital and our Giveathon presented by your Valley Hyundai dealers and auction Indian community. More great stories this hour of the success and the uh, love and compassion and great care families get at Phoenix Children's. 602-933-4567. 602-933-4567. Or text the word GIVE to 411-923. In order to donate every dollar you donate, triples all day long. Thanks to our friends at your Valley Hyundai dealers. Um, couple, I love to start the segment with the headlines so you know where I'm going. Seattle homicides rose in 2020 as city leaders demanded police be defunded. That's just one of the headlines. Um, Police investigating man who pulled gun on a skater at a Gilbert church. Fugitive injured in a shooting involving U.S. Marshals in Tempe. Arizona registered sex offender arrested, suspected of a home break-in and jumping in bed with a 12-year-old girl. Let's start with that. Um, How about this? The Kansas City, Missouri mayor, Quinton Lucas, on Wednesday announced a lawsuit against the state. Why would he sue the state of Missouri? For forcing the city to increase police funding. Missouri state government enacted Senate Bill 678 in June, mandating that one-fourth of Kansas City's budget go toward its police department, rather than the previously mandated one-fifth. Lucas contended the new measure runs afoul of the state constitution, requires the state to foot the bill when it compels the city to increase the already legally mandatory services or activity, the Missouri Independent reported. Um, I don't know, and I'm not going to accuse this mayor of being a defund the police person. But when you see headlines like we're reading here, and you see that it seems as if anyway, and the perception, sometimes perception and reality are two different things, but we also know in the minds of someone, perception is reality. And the feeling that criminals are beginning to get the upper hand has people afraid. Demographics of people that were against firearm ownership that were in favor of banning guns, some of those demographics are the largest numbers of new gun purchasers and gun owners. And it's because they are seeing that self-protection is becoming more and more necessary. The very neighborhoods that the defund the police movement said would be helped, would be aided by laws that defund the police and get the police out of those neighborhoods. They believe that the the police were the problem, that they were the perpetrators of violence in those neighborhoods. They are now feeling the ugly effects of not having law enforcement. Unfortunately, there will always be a criminal element, and it's usually the smallest group of us. It's a very small percentage. One of the things I learned, my brother and his wife being cops and and from my friends that are cops and watching, you know, being uh, – I've gone on so many ride-alongs and kind of watched how police interact with people. Um, To see the police interact with people – And it's the same people that get arrested. Uh, The best example of this I can give you most recently is because of the revolving door policy that New York has that in uh, recent months they've had um, 10 people account for 500 arrests. That means each person had been arrested an average of 50 times and we're still out on the streets. 
So whether it's petty theft, it's only petty theft because it's not you they're stealing from. You know, when somebody breaks in your car and steals things out of your car, the value of the items are one thing, but you have to get your car fixed. It takes a lot of time. Your insurance goes up. Plus, you feel violated. And when these criminals know that they're not going to get caught, and if they do get caught, they're not going to be punished. As a matter of fact, they're not even going to have to pay bail. They're going to be back out on the streets. They get emboldened. And when we we talk about this so often, because when I moved to Phoenix, when I moved to the city, um, and for, except for a very short period of time, I've always lived in Phoenix proper, but I've always been in the valley. Um, Phoenix was known as one of the most, it was the most livable city in the country. It was a it was a mid-sized city that was growing very quickly. We were feeling the growing pains like everybody else was, but it still felt like a small town, and it was very safe. No one no one felt I didn't at least no one felt in danger. Um, people feel like they're in danger now. You know, it, it's a very it, – it's a different kind of a feeling. I grew up near some major cities. I grew up near Tampa, almost in, almost in, in between as far as mileage goes, almost exactly between Miami and Tampa. And major cities that have their share of crime problems and, and neighborhoods that have gone afoul. And, and I didn't want this. I don't want to see that in Phoenix. And I just had a conversation with somebody from the Maryvale neighborhood recently. And it's somebody running for public office. And and I said, you know, one of the things I learned in riding along with Phoenix PD in Maryvale is there are a lot of really, really good, hardworking families that live in Maryvale. They just don't make a lot of money, but they live in Maryvale. And those people kind of get lost in the shuffle because the argument is always about how we're going to enforce laws and what we're going to do about crime in those neighborhoods. And the criminals seem to get the headlines. But when I know, the cops I know when they drive around, they are the ones that are looking out. You know, you've got people that keep their yards up very nicely, and they, they may have older vehicles, but they take very good care of them. And they're good citizens, respectable people in the community, and they shouldn't have to live in fear. You know, you, you, a lot of the crime we hear about happening in Phoenix also happens in the Sunny Slope neighborhood. And it makes me sad because I know people that live in Sunny Slope, and it's a, they're good people, very nice people that live in some very nice places. But it seems as if the criminal element takes over the streets, especially at night, and people feel like prisoners in their own homes sometimes. And it's a shame because you shouldn't have to feel that way. And our city leadership should be doing something. And I'm not saying ours isn't right now, but our city leadership across the country, this is all cities, should be focused on the good people and what's best for their lives and not for criminals and what's best for theirs. Just an opinion. Uh, coming up in a moment, more great stories from the Giveathon for Phoenix Children's presented by your Valley Hyundai dealers and the Akshin Indian community and your chance to give. Next. The Giveathon for Phoenix Children's is presented by your Valley Hyundai dealers and the Akshin Indian community. KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Give us on on the Mike Broomhead Show. You know, this week has been very emotional, and it always is. This is my third year doing this, and I love the emotions. I like even the sad emotions, the tears of joy and the tears of sadness. It, it really does speak to what they do at Phoenix Children's Hospital on the Giveathon. It's your chance for a triple match Friday. Any do- dollar you donate today is tripled, thanks to our good friends at the Valley Hyundai Dealers. Desert Financial phone back, phone number 602-933-4567, 602-933-4567. Six 
1-800-227-8357 or text the word GIVE to 411-923. We also couldn't do this without partners in the corporate community, and now I want you to hear another check presentation from SDB Contracting. Hi, my name is Eric Hoffman. I am here today representing SDB Contracting Services. We are very excited to be a part of this year's Give-A-Thon. SDB has been a proud partner of Phoenix Children's for 30 years, and we continue to share that support. We are honored to be able to present this check in the amount of $5,000 that brings our total raised date to more than $100,000. To make your contribution, please join the Give-A-Thon by calling the phone bank at 602-933-4567. On behalf of SDB Contracting Services, we'd like to thank Phoenix Children's for taking care of our community, providing world-class service, because we all know when it comes to our future of our children, moments count. So the reason we do this is for the, these families and these amazing stories that we hear uh, what happens at Phoenix Children's Hospital. Uh, Armando's uh, little daughter doesn't remember anything about the day she was run over by a car, but it's a day that Armando will never forget. This is Amanda's story. I'm Armando. My name is Amanda, and this is my story. Well, I'm- hit by a car. She had a fractured pelvis in four places, laceration on her liver, very serious brain injury. She had a tracheostomy. I don't even remember that day. I just saw black. Even though everybody was telling us she was not going to make it, she's here breathing by her own, walking, talking. I had to get better. I had to try. Mandy, she's a warrior. Honestly, believe in miracles. That day when my daughter was hit by the car, a retired nurse was driving by. She stopped. She started performing CPR while the paramedics got there. I almost, I think I was going to break his back because I hugged him as hard as I could and I thank him. That works in mysterious ways. I struggled for my physical therapy. Seeing her in pain, crying, the therapist would ask her, you want to stop? And every single time she will answer, no. By that time, I would break my heart seeing her in pain. But also, she was giving me a lesson of being a fighter. The doctors are amazed with her progress. She's doing very good, getting stronger day by day. I want to be either an author, director, vet, like a musician. My dream for Mandy is recover 100% and to be independent. She needs to work hard. We'll be by her side. Thank you to Phoenix Children's Hospital, the doctors, nurses, therapists. I was so grateful for them. 
they treat us like a family. Imagine if your kid was in that position. It's very important to help PCH. You can make a difference. I saw it with my daughter. Donate, please. Pretty amazing story. Imagine having a child and thinking you may lose her and then do a, a spot like that with her where she talks about her dreams and what she hopes to do someday. That is what Phoenix Children's is truly all about. These are just great people doing great work and helping those among us that we cherish the most, our children. So now is your opportunity. That's the match music. Valley Hyundai Dealers Triple Match Friday. Every dollar you donate right now is tripled. Imagine that. Whatever you can donate, 602-933-4567. That's the Desert Financial Phone Bank phone number, 602-933-4567. If the phones are busy, you can always text the word GIVE to 411923 and get through that way. You can also become a champion of hope by donating $20 a month. Not only will a bear be delivered in your name to a patient at Phoenix Children's on the Train Teddy Bear Express, but you will also receive your choice of a free kids uh, free kids pass at the Wildlife World Zoo or a free polish and shine wash from Cobblestone Auto Spa. Your choice. Um, and if you become a champion of hope, twenty bucks a month, that becomes sixty bucks a month because it's the Triple Match Friday. We've got goals in mind here, but you know it's not just about the goals we have. This is about helping this amazing place stay afloat and continue to do the great work that they do and continue to help these children thrive. Once again, the phone number 602-933-4567. Please give generously if you can and a thank you in advance to those of you that are calling right now. Coming up in a moment, back to business, back to the realities of life. Let's talk about the uh, uh, fallout from what happened, what we did with COVID-19. I've talked about the economic fallout, but what about people that have taken advantage? We'll talk about that coming up here in just a moment. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. And thanks for being here. The revelation and the admission uh, from the CDC that they missed it. They didn't get it right when it came to COVID. And there were many shortcomings and the whole place needs to be revamped. To me, it is just an indication of government in general. And this is not, I promise you, this is not partisan. I'm not saying this because you got to remember the CDC, all this began under the Trump administration. And then it, it moved forward under the Biden administration. And for everybody out there, just to be fair, everybody out there, all of you anti-vaxxers, President Trump took credit for the vaccines, the development of the vaccines and the distribution of the vaccines. And I gave him credit for that. You know, it was a brilliant idea, I think, to use the army, to use the military. If you're going to logistically, if you're going to move something many, many miles and move a lot of things very quickly, using the military, approving the vaccines or or approving funding ahead of time. So when the vaccines were approved, they were already mass produced and out there, I thought was a good idea. So I gave credit uh, during the Trump administration to some of the things that he did. And, and there were many people, and this is where I think people are being intellectually honest, that they still loved President Trump. They disagreed with the vaccines. And then America got angry because the president said, um, it's your option. Here's the vaccine. If you want it, take the vaccine. And the other side of the political aisle lost their political minds and saying it should be mandated. You shouldn't be saying it's your choice. And it turns out that the anti-vaxxers were right. And so the CDC dropped the ball. 
But I think it's an indicator of the failings of government in general. And I know that government is necessary, but the smaller it is and the more localized it is, the better off it is. And that's my opinion, that we can get our arms around a state budget. And I'll give you a better example. Um, Most people – that are inclined – maybe it's not most people. That worries me a little bit that it might not be most people. Uh, You might not know, but many people do, who your representative is in the United States Congress. Who is your rep? Do you know who your senators are, the two senators that represent you? Do you know their names? Chances are you do. What about the two representatives you have in the state legislature? What about the senator you have that represents your very small district in the state legislature? The reason why I say that is those three, the two reps and the senator that represent your district, they are going to influence you much more dramatically. And the other part is they're much more accessible One of the things that surprised me when I began to get politically involved here in Arizona was how accessible the legislators were and are. They still are. And so if we are not focused locally, that bothers me. But when we see how bloated, when you're talking trillions of dollars, things slip through the cracks. And I I don't mean this as an insult, but as an observation. If a business ran with such horrible oversight – that the government runs, the federal government runs when it comes to finances, it would be shut down. It would be shut down. I mean, 87,000 new IRS agents looking in your books. Why aren't we looking at theirs? That's what makes me laugh about all of this. The wasteful spending of both parties, the, the money that's thrown in, the earmarks, the money that's lost that there's no accountability for. And so now let's go with the CDC drop the ball. And a lot of decisions were made in other parts of the government because of the advice of the CDC. One of the programs was the PPP loans to keep businesses afloat while businesses were being shut down because of the advice of the CDC. And those loans were supposed to be the payroll payroll protection plan. So it protected payrolls. You had to use the money. It was supposed to use the money. Now they're looking at fraud. They're looking at all the other areas. How about this? Wealthy celebrities, Reese Witherspoon, Khloe Kardashian, Jay-Z, Pearl Jam, Green Day benefited from the PPP loans handed out at the height of the pandemic and nearly all of which have been forgiven by the government. Reese Witherspoon's clothing company, uh, Draper James LLC, received $975,000 in the first round of PPP rolls to, uh, loans to meet payroll and rent. The entire loan was reportedly been forgiven. Uh, rapper Jay-Z associated with two companies. A Malibu Entertainment is tied to a streaming platform title and received $2.1 million in order to keep 95 jobs. Uh, Jay-Z is estimated to be worth a billion dollars. Now, you know me. I'm a capitalist. I have nothing against people being billionaires, multimillionaires. God bless them. The American dream. Good for you. These are the things that make me wonder, though. Sean Combs, Puffy, you know, Diddy. Just saw his cable network, Revolt Media and TV LLC, receive $1.9 million for 134 jobs. That was forgiven. He's worth about $900 million. 
The rock band Pearl Jam Touring Company reportedly had $629,000 loan forgiven to save 28 jobs. Green Day received three loans between two companies, Green Day Inc., Green Day Touring, the loans which were worth $452,000 for nine, 39 jobs. And the list goes on and on and on. And one of these people that are on the list, millions in PPP loans to companies linked to the husband of the Speaker of House, Nancy Pelosi, um, they had loans. In, uh, let me see. They received millions from this pay, payroll protection program. And uh, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's husband, Paul Pelosi, has an 8.1% share in a restaurant business, EDI Associates, according to the Daily Mail. The financial disclosure shows the California couple had a net worth of $43 million to $202 million. EDI Associates took out two loans worth over $1.7 million. So uh, my point with all of this is I'm not calling anything that any of those people did fraudulent. I'm not saying it's fraudulent. I'm giving you the numbers. But we know that there has been widespread fraud. If you haven't heard the stories, there is many of these loans that ended up in companies that were offshore. The money went offshore, and we're never going to get it back. Even if we know who did it, we're never going to get the money back. So – why are we – and this goes back to my original point. Why are we – even if you think the government should be doing more in the personal lives of people, uh, even if you are someone that's an advocate for the redistribution of wealth where I am not, both of us should look at this and you should be saying that money could be used a lot more wisely. The fraud. If you could wipe out the fraud, what would that do to the debt instead of this latest um, – you know, the Inflation Reduction Act. Why would we need to raise taxes on anybody? If you wiped out the fraud, if you got rid of the fraudulent um, money, fraudulent deals, maybe we'd be better off. What's interesting about this is if you've owned a small business or even a big business, if you've owned a business, you've seen a little bit of this in the trades. Anybody out there that's a tradesman, anybody out there that's in the construction industry where you have people in service trucks or people purchasing material for you for your jobs. When you look in the back of somebody's work van and there's about three times the amount of supplies in the back of that van that is necessary to do their job. And you're wondering, what do you need all this for? Well, they don't necessarily need it, but they're not paying for it. You are. I guarantee you when it's your van, when it's your supplies, you buy them as needed and you manage your inventory well. When you own the restaurant, you're going to make sure there's a lot less waste than if you are just working in the restaurant and just buying stuff. If you're out there buying the supplies for a restaurant. My point is when it's your money, you manage it better. The government is taking money from you just by nature. They're dealing with numbers. They're not dealing with real dollars. If it was being taken out of their checks, it would be a different story. How many people have ever given an employee a corporate or a, a company business card or ever sent, you know, said, hey, listen, you're going on a business trip. You've got a card. Well, it's easy. You know, it's easy to tip a good waitress 30 percent when the boss is paying for it. You know what I mean? It, it just it, it's by nature. It's wasteful. And we should all be looking at that. Both sides of the political aisle should be asking our government, tighten the belt, get rid of the waste, or we'll replace you. I don't care what party you're from. And it just doesn't seem to be happening. We're going to talk about Mar-a-Lago in a moment. What did this judge have to say about this affidavit? Would Do you agree it should be unsealed, or do you think that the Justice Department is right in keeping it sealed? That's as far as the conversation's going here in just a moment. <laughs> 
values, and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. If you have not subscribed to the Mike Broomhead Show podcast yet, please do it. It's an easy to do on any device that you have. You never miss a minute of the show. You can always listen at your convenience. It's a great way to listen. Uh, the Mike Broomhead Show podcast brought to you this week by my friend Carol Royce, Keller Williams Realty East Valley. Get more money selling your home by going to carolhasthebuyers.com. That's carolhasthebuyers.com. All right, so a judge appears willing to unveil some of the Mar-a-Lago affidavit. Where do we all stand as a country on this? And um, I have reserved my judgment in a lot of ways, and I'll tell you why. Because I don't know what the president has or doesn't have. I also don't know if he's entitled to have it. I also don't know what documents former presidents have taken when they've left and what they've meant. I do know that the president has a right to declassify anything he wants to. Now, should a president declassify documents to keep himself out of trouble? That's a different conversation. But we don't know any of that. None of us know any of that. So I'm not judging him because of that. I'm also not going to jump on board with the other side because the other side has proven themselves since this president won the election to be going after him and trying to destroy him politically. Now, you can say that that's not the case, but that's absolutely the case. And so I'm not going to say there's no I'm not giving anybody angel status on this. No one. But as an American, there are things I want to know. I don't care who the president is, and I don't care who's going after the president because, to be honest, let's say that the president has done something wrong and that the people that have been after him politically since the beginning of his presidency finally get him. doesn't change the fact that they're politically motivated, but it doesn't make them wrong. So I, I can't – I'm not going to jump in with both feet and make a judgment until I may – I will give my opinion uh, on what happens when I know what, – what happened when I know more. And I think unsealing this document is a step in that direction, is a very big step in that direction because if the accusation from the Trump team is he was entitled to have these documents, there also was a report out there now saying that the FBI was actually there to get documents that exonerated the president from the Russian collusion um, thing, which has been debunked by everybody. Um, and um, if that's the case, I want to see it. If the FBI has been weaponized by one party or the other, we all need to know it, whether the party that did it wants it to be told or not. The American people have a right to know, and it has to stop. Um, that being said, if the president has documents he shouldn't have, then all of us, and I'm talking to my side of the aisle, we should ask the same questions of this president that we asked of Hillary Clinton when it was found that she had thousands of emails on an unsecured server. And that there were email exchanges in an insecure way or unsecured way, I should say, with Huma Abedin. You know, documents ended up on Huma's husband, the, the, the infamous Anthony Weiner's computer. And we all asked why they were there. Uh, I, we've played here when the FBI director back then went and listed all of the illegalities that, that he believed were, were made, were done by Hillary Clinton. But if we're going to be incensed as Republicans, if we're going to be incensed by that and we're going to say it's dangerous and it's irresponsible and you're the secretary of state and you should never do this, if the same kind of evidence comes out about the former president and it was it wasn't in a secured location and these were very sensitive documents then we're going to have to hold the same same level of accountability but we don't know that yet
What we do know is a judge is saying that the burden of proof that this unsealing this document, unsealing this affidavit would compromise national security or compromise an investigation. And he said they didn't rise to that level of burden of proof. They did not prove their case so that there should be some redactions made to protect people and protect uh, classified documents. But at least part of this should be revealed to the American people. And all of us should want to see that. We're still going to fight over what it says. We're going to fight. There are going to be a group of people that say this proves the president, former president, but the president did the wrong thing. And there are those that are going to say this is why it was weaponized because it doesn't rise to that level. I've told you about people I've known that have worked in the FBI for multiple years at very high-level investigations, including a presidential investigation of the Clintons, so they've never seen anything like this before. That their concern is this is going to damage the reputation and the impartiality of the agency. And that's their only concern. These are not people that are fans of Donald Trump or enemies of Donald Trump. What they are are former members of the FBI that dedicated between them over 50 years in that agency saying, I have never seen anything like this. I'm going to need to see an investigation. And I can promise you those very same people, if they would have seen this and said, you know what, this happens all the time would have said, this happens a lot. It's just being blown up by the media. So we have to wait and see what's going to happen. And one of the ways that you get to see is to put your eyes on the document to be able to see why they did it. And then we can answer for ourselves, and we may never agree, answer for ourselves, was the FBI justified in doing this the way they did it? Could they have done it with a subpoena? Should they have done it with a subpoena to not give the appearance that there was this huge criminal investigation uh, into this president that had to be handled with a team from Washington, D.C.'s field office into his home when he wasn't there, armed to the teeth, to go through documents and take them out of the house? And I don't have an answer. All these days passed. I don't have an answer for me personally because I don't know what was taken. I don't know why it was there. And I can't compare that to what other presidents have in their homes or I've had in their homes or or in their possession after they leave office. That's an important part of this as well. What do presidents normally take with them? What documents do they take? It's a good question. We're going to talk about our economy coming up just after 11 o'clock, soaring inflation. And I just got a new uh, another tweet on another part of the inflation uh, piece that is going to affect everyone from restaurants to consumers. It's all coming up next.